Welcome to the Jesus McDonald Experience. Get ready to enjoy the show. Now, before we jump into this podcast episode, let me give you a short bio of our special guest, Jackie. Jackie is the CEO of Acelity, a Milwaukee, Wisconsin-based agency that helps SaaS startups get to revenue and grow faster, and a co-founder of Women's Entrepreneurship Week. She's very active on LinkedIn, so follow her if you haven't yet. Jackie sparks discussions about the daily life and challenges of growing a bootstrap company. Jackie mentors student startups via the commons, female professionals via Building Brave, is an advisor with Golden Angels Investors, and coaches numerous early age startups. In addition to her professional involvement, Jackie is an adoptive foster parent and spends a lot of time with her family. I hope this episode brings you guys value. Now let's dive right into the show. Jackie, welcome to the show. Thanks for your time. Uh, I did have questions for you. So let's just dive right in. Let's do it. I see you posting on LinkedIn pretty frequently, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that you're posting on entrepreneurship and I've been following you in my feed and liking, commenting, all this stuff can relate. I love the emotional awareness too. One, a lot of entrepreneurs don't have that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> kudos, kudos to you on that. They're just more like, get it done. Go, 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 go. Right. And why isn't it done? So I think it's awesome. All the content you're putting out there is valuable. It's insightful. It's super inspiring. Um, so I think you, you're definitely doing it the right way. There's not a lot of people that are doing that. What motivated you to start posting on LinkedIn? Is it daily or just the weekdays? Um, well, it's weekdays and then I'm supposed to post on weekends, but honestly, half the time I forget because yeah. I don't know. I mean, I am very much like a work-life integration person. So I'm like working, you know, like sometimes during the day, sometimes at night, sometimes on the weekends, but totally. I'm not as good at keeping up on those weekend posts. So my bad. But yeah, I mean, it's usually like five or six pieces of content every week. And what motivated me to get started? Well, uh, have you seen Quentin Allums on uh, LinkedIn? Yes. Mm-hmm. He um, kind of convinced me to do it long ago when creators were really, he was one of the first creators on LinkedIn that started posting videos when the feed started supporting it. And when he was like six months in, he was telling me about what a crazy opportunity it was and how I had to get started. And I was like, hmm. I don't really want to do that. I was not into it at all. Just, you know, I, because when you start putting out content, you kind of open yourself up to it. You one have this really beautiful thing of like building a community and meeting all these new people. And I've gotten so many benefits, but I was also really scared to, on the other hand, like open myself up to the criticism or, I mean, everything I'm posting is like my ideas and how I think about things in my brain. And it's very weird to let like, uh, you know, a large amount of people into that. So I am glad that he convinced me to get started. I am forever grateful to him. I also recently started working with him again so that he forced me to get on TikTok, which I've been avoiding forever. So big shout out to him. He's always convincing me to try new things. (laughs) And how did you meet Quentin? Uh, he was one of my first employees, actually. Really? He, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I first started hiring employees, I think I had one full-time employee at the time, and I hired him as an intern. 
And I remember he came in, I had an office that was 300 square feet. Like think about how small that is. It's like and studio. <laughs> it really is. And th- but there was like one wall in the middle and he came in and sat at my little desk in there. And he was like, oh, well, I had this internship and I think I could do this for you. And I was like, cool, you're hired. He was doing so many random things. Like yeah. I was, I was fostering at the time and he would like help me drive my foster daughter Lizzie to school because it was like a little out of the way of where I was typically going. And he was like writing blogs for the company and just like all over the place. So he, he eventually left to start his first company, which I always knew he would. Uh Um, And we have been working together on and off since then. You're like, Hey, ever thought about coming back? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, we keep, I mean, I hired him Mm -hmm. Then I hired his company to work on LinkedIn with me and they really held me accountable for the first year. And now I just hired him again to consult on my personal brand and help me with TikTok and stuff. So that's awesome. So you didn't know him before the internship. No. Wow. And I mean, frankly, he was in college. So I think he was like 21 at the time that I met him. That's awesome. And what about now? Do you like posting videos? I mean, I'm sure you've gotten comfortable over time. I'm assuming, right? (laughs) Kind of. I still feel like a weird resistance when I go to shoot them, right? Because it's Mm. like, you have to, especially mine, I try to keep them really concise and really Mm -hmm. like straight to the point and short because that's exact. That's how I like to learn. My attention span is very short and I don't want to listen to like a three minute video. So there's like some level of pressure there, you know, to kind of like have it all together, but I don't know. Yes. I have gotten a lot more used to it. And I think the videos are probably a lot better than they used to be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what inspired you to become an entrepreneur, right? I mean, you've done sales, you've done marketing. What's made you want to go out on your own? I really was not planning to go out on my own. I was transitioning out of the company that I was managing their marketing department. So this was a private equity owned company. We had acquired another business that doubled the size of the company to like $70 million. So that was a big initiative. And then they announced that they were splitting off the other half of the company and selling it to a different private equity fund. And I just, I didn't know if I wanted to stay along for that part of the ride. It was a lot of Mm. change. So I just started freelancing and I, I kept getting responses to full-time applications that I was putting in, you know, like, Hey, we really want someone local in New York or wherever I was applying, but do you want to freelance for us? And I was like, I guess, you know, I, I really hadn't, I had not decided like I'm off to start my own business. Um, But then by the time I did leave Zywave, I had decided that I was going to start my own thing. And Mm. I mean, I had, I had a baby and I was like, Oh, it'll be more flexibility. I'll have more time. That's intense. That was all false, but (laughs) that's intense. How many kids do you have now? Three. Three. Wow. And one's foster. You said um, so one, I adopted from foster care when she was nine, she's now 14. Mm. When my husband adopted when she was a baby, she is now 10. And then my mm. son is 10 too. The two 10 year olds are 10 days apart. They're in the same class at school. They rat on each other for everything. It's hilarious. It's, <laughs> I love that. It's, yeah. It's we have one. Much. It's a two and a half year old. His name is Dustin, a little toddler. Yeah. And, uh, he's like into include me in everything you do kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and then he's like, dada this way. And I'm, and then he'll literally, even when I try to discipline him, he's like, dada, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, how do you like not take that seriously? 
it's, it's so, so hard. Yeah. Some of my friends yesterday were saying like, I don't know how you discipline a kid. I would just laugh. And I was like, well, we laugh too when they say these yeah. crazy things. And it's like, it's the same thing. You know. I'll be busting out laughing and my friends are like trying to discipline their kid. And I'm just in a corner, like laughing and the kid just eyeballing, like, this is funny. I should keep going. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. All they need is that like little tiny opening to keep going. That's all they need. Yeah, and then we were already having also having conversations about adopting stuff. So I just love this whole conversation too. That's amazing. But yeah, it's awesome. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you too. So how do you pronounce your company name? Because I will chop it up. I promise. <laughs> Ex- Excelity. 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 Yeah. Got you. Excelity. So tell me a little bit about your marketing agency because everyone you know, that has an agency, runs it different. Everyone has a different business model. What do you guys do specifically? And how do you guys differentiate yourself from your competitors? Yeah, we work with B2B SaaS companies, so software as a service companies in a few specific industries that we have experience in. So that's like healthcare, banking and finance, insurance. A lot of my leadership team is from the insure tech company that we worked at previously. I think that one thing that makes us really different is none of us worked at an agency before we started this company. So we are we're building it in a way that makes the most sense to us, not the way that agencies do it. Um, And I think that makes it really different because we've all been on the other end of working with agencies and saying like, this doesn't make sense to us, or this takes forever, or, you know, like, this is how I want to look at the ROI of this. And I'm not seeing it from the agency. So we kind of Mm. get to look at it with the perspective of people who have worked with agencies and build it in that way. That said, I mean, you know, there are some things that run very much like a typical agency, but I think we're always looking to improve and deliver our services more effectively, faster, especially when you're working with like funded SaaS companies. Oh yeah. I don't want to work with a really, you know, like slow turnaround. Old traditional, like, like yeah. we'll get back to you. Got to get in contact with our guy from India. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. No, that's, they're like, okay. They're like, they want to move really fast. And we are kind of tasked with keeping up with them. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you guys are marketers, experienced marketers, um, not just the, the agency, the politics, all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I need to get a hold of my account manager yet. It's been two weeks. Like that stuff with, when they feel neglected, the customer is just, yeah. they're going to shop around yeah. for someone else that will take care of them and that will value them and personalize it for them. Right. The whole experience. So another thing I had a question about is what services do you guys provide specifically, or is it just more of a digital marketing all-inclusive type package? Yeah, we are a HubSpot partner. So we resell HubSpot and do some implementation for them. We have recently been becoming a little more product agnostic where we're working in a few different marketing automation platforms. That's something we're still developing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But often we're working with companies who either don't have a marketing team and a marketing like program at very all startup or there. yeah very startup i mean some of them are like three four or five people person teams that mm-hmm. have gotten funding and they're like we need someone to build this for us and those are always really fun clients to work with because it's like a fresh start and we get to just like dream up the strategy and go and execute it um, but then some of our clients come to us and they they have a marketing program that's not working for them in some way you know like they're doing the things but it's not optimized so mm-hmm. i mean it's 
it's not exactly a one-stop shop. I think that sometimes where agencies make mistakes because you can't really be good at every single part of digital marketing. Um, but we are exploring ways to make it more of a one-stop shop via things like partnerships. Like right. we're, we're developing a partnership with a PPC company right now because we know that PPC is not our specialty, but we mm -hmm. want it to be available to our clients. So we do a lot of content creation, inbound marketing. Um, we dabble a bit in sales enablement and sales sequences and stuff like that for our clients. So it's kind of all over the board. I love that. So it's also content marketing, social media, all that stuff as well too, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, do you guys also provide videos, all that stuff too? for them? Yeah, uh, we've gotten to do more of it. So like, mm. if you look at my website, all the video on my site is created by my team. They're so good at it, but it's interesting. Now we're working with clients all over the place. Yeah. And so figuring out how to provide video services, like we have a client in Egypt, we have a client in Australia. Um, how do you provide video services when your clients are all over the place? That's something right. we're figuring out right now. Um, but we do have an animator on our team as well. He, nice. yeah, he came on and he was like, oh, well, I love doing animating, but I'm sure I'm not going to get to do much of it. And then immediately a project popped up with one of our clients wanting an animated video. So that's one way to address that too. And he's so talented. That's awesome. He came off the bench. <laughs> he's yeah. like, yes, I'm going to start today. <laughs> He's pumped, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, um, what is your, who is your ideal client specifically? Yeah. I know we talked about B2B SaaS, but like if you had to narrow it down and I'm pretty sure you have the answer to this, yeah. like I'm talking about like annual sales volume. I'm talking yep. about employee size, all that stuff. Yeah, usually it's funded pre-revenue to about $30 million. And what matters the most is what their marketing team looks like. Like uh, the company that I was working at before I started Excelity, we had a marketing team of two. It turned into three, like right when I was leaving at a $70 million company. So a company like that, we probably could work with because they're so understaffed in marketing. So that's mm. a long answer, but yes, that's right. No, 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 that's good. Now, if... Because, you know, our podcast is for B2B marketers and they might be like, oh, I fit that criteria kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's that need. How can they get in contact with you, Jackie, or the company? Probably hit me up on LinkedIn. I think I'm the most responsive there because I'm in the inbox all day yeah. responding to people. So that's totally. a good place. Or you can visit our website too. Awesome. Now with running an agency, uh, I can relate with this is there's a lot of experimenting too, because we do a lot of things for the clients. And then we're also up to date when it comes to marketing, technology trends, all that stuff, right? Do you have any advice or tips for B2B marketing professionals based on what I you guys have learned? Yeah, I mean, you really have to stay on top of it and make sure that you are always learning. I think that is sometimes the professionals will make a mistake because you'll get into your job and you get so into the client work and whatever it is that you're not taking the time to learn. So you have to find a way that works for you. Like I subscribe to the TLDR um, newsletter. Like it's perfect content for me. Too long, didn't read, great. It's little snippets that I can research more of, but then I know what's happening with like algorithm changes and content marketing trends and all of that kind of stuff. Um, we often test on ourselves too. So things like, 
we ungated all of our content, which I know is something that people were talking about like six, 12 months ago right. um, to work on getting more traffic volume to our site and getting more people to raise their hands as demo requests. We were redoing our lead scoring and just trying to figure out, you know, like, what what is working for us that we can apply to client accounts. So I think that there is a still a broken model in place in inbound marketing where people are using lead scoring incorrectly. We're gating a lot of content. We're dialing the people that download one time and they're not even ready or aware of your company or anything like that. So I think we've kind of tainted that process and it's mm-hmm. rife, rife for disruption right now. What have you seen as the most, and last question, what have you seen as the most effective for inbound leads specifically? Has it been like podcasting? Has it just been LinkedIn? Has it been the website? Any other efforts that you guys are doing? For us, it's probably, I mean, the volume of leads that we get is largely tied to LinkedIn, but it's Mm -hmm. a, it is. It's not only LinkedIn though. We, every single time we have a prospect in our funnel or even someone that like we have a a top target list. So maybe we have 25 companies that we really want to work with. Mm -hmm. We'll go and we'll add all of the decision makers at those companies into my LinkedIn. We'll interact on their content. Then my content will be showing up on their feed. So it's not that... It's not that LinkedIn is always driving the leads, but it's reinforcing our value until they want to talk to us. Mm. Um, I don't think that, I think that looking at every marketing activity as a lead source is a mistake, right? Right. I don't think that leads come from every single marketing activity. And sometimes it's awareness building or trust building, or it's helping speed up the, the sales process, but it's not actually generating leads. Um, it's interesting because like when HubSpot started preaching inbound marketing, however many years ago, it was a lead generation thing. Um, and that's something that we have had to kind of back out of a little bit too, is talking about marketing generated leads versus marketing generated revenue or looking at intent. Um, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of changes happening right now. There is a lot of changes. Even Google's making a lot of changes too. So we've been getting increase around page speed, right? Because page speed matters. So we've yep. been getting a lot of that too. So Google's changing, HubSpot's changing, <laughs> the marketing's changing. Like what, what's going to be the next big thing, right? Everyone's looking for the thing ahead. So mm-hmm. this is exciting. Yeah. It's been cool too, watching people try to like recrack email marketing in the last year or so too, because so many companies started sending, I think I read that last year they sent like 8 billion more emails than in 2019, which is an insane number. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was close. Um, you know, and so it's like really only the best email marketers are getting to the inbox and are getting through. So it's like re-examining how do we send good emails and what makes people open? What makes a good email? Like I was asking, I was asking my team what I should send out in my weekly newsletter. And their response was, are newsletters even effective anymore? Like, why are you sending a newsletter? I I thought that too. I thought that too. I yeah, was like, I I'm like- using Asana as a project management tool. Yeah, I was like, email's dead. And then I saw yeah. all these statistics on infographics. I'm like, it's still like the number two. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, I, and, and we got into, my team's so cool because they'll be like, you know, they're not like, oh yes, boss, you're sending a newsletter. Here are our ideas. They're like, well, why are you doing that? They'll challenge um, you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that's really cool because it's like, 
I'm looking at my strategy and how it's different than a typical newsletter. It's right. like a, round, a roundup of crappy content, which a lot of newsletters are. It's like a weekly letter that makes you think that digs a little deeper than my LinkedIn content. And therefore it's different and has so far been getting a good response. But if they, you know, it like makes you think through all of that, not just like, let's start a newsletter and send out all of the things we published on our blog. That mm. doesn't you know, it, we kind of have to rethink everything right now to, to get people's attention. It's a very interesting environment. It is. Now, do you have a, your personal blog? And if I subscribe to your blog, that's considered the newsletter because you'll send me the email once certain blogs are posted? I don't post too much on my personal blog. I should post more. I'm actually writing longer form content just for my email list. That's Got kind you. of, it's kind of like a blog, but kind of not. Go sign mm. up for it and you can check it out. I will. Um, it's it's a definitely, I mean, it is kind of like a blog, but it's very straightforward. It's very like make you think content. So like the last one I talked about how uh, a video that I put up on TikTok went like semi-viral and people mm -hmm. kept saying, how do you find the time to grow a business? And so the, the last week's letter was about how time isn't something that you find, it's something that you make and how to go about actually making time for yourself to, doing, to do the things that you want. So there's a little mm -hmm. bit of like mindset work there and then a little bit of tactical, like here's what I did to find the time to grow mm -hmm. a company with a baby at home while I was working full time to start, you know? Right. So it's kind of like all of my stories and learnings intertwined together. It's been that's, fun to write so far. No, that's good. What I've been thinking about doing is a personal blog. Cause I have the company blog, but then it's like, Hey, here's Asus's personal blog within the same domain, honestly. So people can subscribe to it. And then it's like a weekly digest of here's the three blogs Asus posted. Right. Yeah. But more for like SEO purposes. Like if I do a long form content, that stuff's going to get indexed and crawled kind mm -hmm. of thing. And then obviously I'm limited for Google search because LinkedIn is, if you're a member, you're just a member as a mm -hmm. LinkedIn member. So I don't really get a lot of uh, SEO juice for lack of a better term. And on top of that, I'm only limited to certain characters on LinkedIn too. So for mm -hmm. me, I'm like keywords, sky's the limit. I'll write whatever I want on the personal, but I'm experimenting. I don't even know how this is going to turn out. That's the fun thing yeah. about it. <laughs> That's good. That's why I love marketing so much because literally everything is an experiment. You can read about what works for other people and it's not going to work in that exact same way for you. Right. So it's like a little bit of learning, best practices, testing, adjusting. It's a whole process. Awesome. Well, let's end it there so we can get food. Yes. <laughs> Take a that. little break. <laughs> Thank you for your time, Jackie. And we'll definitely have to connect sometime. Send me a DM with your newsletter so I can sign up for it. Okay. I totally will. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yep. You make it a great day. You too. All right, guys, that's the end of our episode. Thank you for listening. And please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the whole world to me. And lastly, make it a great day.